Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Alice in Wonderland. Hi. How are you? I'm just, this is the best day of my life. How does it feel to be a gecko? It's not easy being green. No, it's not. But I honestly feel it. I love reptiles and frogs mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah, this is this is my dream. And I really think I'm meant to be a green animal. Now, you're from Australia, correct? Yes. And I've heard in Australia they're known for having like pretty gnarly, fucked up... Super gnarly. Reptiles. Super gnarly. Have you encountered yes. many? Yes. My um, manager, Garth, uh, when we used to live in Australia, he was a reptile... Res- like He would go and rescue reptiles from people's homes and rehome them in the bush. And so I would come with him and I would actually film while he went and like wrangled these deadly snakes. And um, it was not chill at all. Like one of them definitely came in and tried to strike me. And I'm sure Garth has had so many terrible experiences. You guys had your own like Steve, what's the Steve Irwin Irwin type of show that you were like filming? Well, I think there's one video on his YouTube still where he edited it to really heavy metal music. And he's like, I think he was trying to... um, wrangle a brown snake which is the deadliest one of the deadliest snakes in the world <laughs> That's badass. yeah i actually filmed from behind a door that time because i was like i'm fuck no I'm not going how are you with uh like if a, if i had a snake and i totally was like, Here, fine. hold my snake oh yeah i used to have a pet snake called sparkles okay he was a diamond python um and goth actually used to have a bunch of snakes and we've been best friends since we were really young so i was just always around reptiles <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that because you were growing up with them, it made you a little bit less squeamish to them as you got older? I don't think I was ever squeamish with huh. reptiles, ever. I love lizards. I've always loved li- lizards so much and frogs and stuff. Allison, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's been the most persistent thought on your mind lately? Uh, is everything going to be okay? Is everything going to be okay? Yeah. Okay, when you say everything, is it every? Is it like everything externally in the universe or is it everything with you or is it a combination it's a combination okay i sit there and i'm like oh my god global warming Mm -hmm. that's scaring me Mm -hmm. um you know there's uncertainty and i really like uh because you know being an artist everything's so up and down all the time sure yeah you need to have a little bit of stability and sometimes you know that you go through these waves where everything's a little bit in limbo Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of feeling that so i'm just like Please. Sometimes I have this thought that I wish I could had this remote where I could fast forward into the future and I wouldn't have to live the next like few months. But I really did live it. Interesting. But I woke up and I nailed it. What are some things just speaking on the uncertainty? Are there things in your life that you know for sure that are like undeniable constants? Yes. My dog. Okay. 
is the best thing in the world. I have a really, really great group of friends. Okay. A really small, very small group of friends. Mm -hmm. And also, um, and this is going to sound super cheesy, but I love music. And so I always have that to lean back on. Like ever since I was in high school, I was just honestly in the corner listening on my CD player. And no one can take that. (laughs) No one can take that from you. There's, I actually, it never got released, but I wrote a song about it where there's little things that you experience in your life that brings you joy that you discovered yourself Mm. that you don't associate with any other person. So whenever you go back to that, and for me, it's music or, uh, you know, particular bands or, um, Christmas lights. I love Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. It. I always associate it with a really good feeling that has nothing to do with any other situation or any other person. So no one can take that from me. Mm. And I'm like, that is my happiness. And um, I did a lot of work actually over the pandemic to make sure that the happiness that I feel is reliant on myself. Hundred percent. That's uh, a big. Yeah. Uh, people come in here and they talk about that a lot. And the number one thing I feel like I'm always talking to people about is like finding some kind of happiness that is within your control. It's not centered around a person, not even centered no. around like a career or centered around Can't. anything external. Just no. uh, my dream in life is I want to be able to just be like, I want to have like, like I want to be mentally in a place where like I could have no possessions, no friends, no family, no money, no anything and still be happy. I'm totally not there. That's like some <laughs> enlightenment. Yeah. Shit, but that, I feel like that would be the goal. Yeah, I actually did a lot of work during the pandemic um, on that. And Mm. I got to the best place I ever have been. And I still am there um, where I just, you know, wasn't looking for anything. I didn't need anything external to feed what I needed to be happy. Mm. Um, And I just focused on things that, again, no one could take from me and made me happy. Because, again, we're all alone at the time. And um, a lot of things were uncertain. That was super limbo for me. And a lot of people, you know, I've been touring for so long. I never stopped traveling and i was just like alone what are some (laughs) things that you're uncertain about now um i just i think just as an artist you're always uncertain because i wake up every day and my life is i get up take my dog for a walk get back in work on music or do something like this and i don't know externally my perception so i'm always kind of like creatively i'm not doing it to please anyone else it's just for myself so i think sometimes when i do think too much about that i'm like oh fuck like think about how like you're perceived yeah i just don't i don't really when i don't think about it it's it's not no not when i not how i'm perceived actually weirdly i've never really cared about that You've never cared about even no. like when you were like because I feel like when you when I was at, at the beginning you're like in middle school that's like all a lot of people care about. Okay, like how I they're... actually have a crazy eureka moment that happened yeah, what, to me in happens? eighth grade because I was really heavily bullied in high school, okay. super bullied. Okay. So I did not have a good uh, school time at all to the point where I moved schools to a music school because no one got me. <laughs> what was what was your eureka moment? I went to so in Australia it's composed compulsory to wear a school uniform yeah. whatever school you go to yeah and then we have these things called mufti days which is like our plain clothes day every okay. once in a while and i i think my dress sense has actually never changed but i was in um like a really oversized beatles t-shirt with the four beatles and it said let it be mm. on the bottom and then uh these terrible like zip off cargo pants which i kind of fuck with now um, and I had, you know, like the strands and like the dyed black hair and I just kind of was in the corner playing cello and, um, the, this, the very pretty popular girl that I wanted to, I was like, oh, 
you know, I want someone to like me. And because sure, sure. I was, I, my sister jokes, she's like, you were that, because we went to the same school. She's like, you were that weird kid on like the hill at lunch, like rolling around eating grapes by yourself. Yeah. And it's very specific. But then you grow up and that th- that becomes a niche, the hill kid. I, I guess. Yeah. Being the hill kid. Well, yeah. Two eureka moments. So that day, this girl who I will not name, but remember her name okay. very very well okay. she walked in in front of my whole class and everyone used to be like oh she's a loser and she was like what are you wearing what is that what is that and i was like uh she's like is that like your band or something loser is and that I, your yeah. and she just, said that about your beatles t-shirt is that beatles. your band and i was like bro this is the day when i realized that none of y'all are cool and um the Beatles, if, like the fact that you just said that mm-hmm. about the Beatles, makes you so uncool that can, I don't give a fuck. Can I ask you a question? So yeah. you you remember this girl's name? You don't have to say it, but no, what I, do you think she is doing? I right know what now? she's doing now. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio moon, so I know what. Are you, I, are you big into astrology? Not really. Scorpio. <laughs> no, uh, so from what I do, I don't know a lot about astrology, yeah. but Scorpio is the one that, like, people. I'm a s- seriously psycho. No, I'm kidding. I don't. No, but I, I did keep I did actually think about it recently and I, I went and checked on I found her on Facebook. Yeah. Did you reach out? No. No. But there's a few of them when I, I remember in twenty fifteen when I first played Coachella, mm-hmm. a bunch of them were like, Hey, it's blah blah. Remember me from school? Yeah. Are you the type of person do you do you hold grudges? Do you remember that? Or um, I don't hold grudges, no, because I feel like there's this like heaviness in your gut and your gut has another brain, you know? Yeah. I don't like to do that, but I don't forget. Okay. So, like, I, I just, I'm. Do you hold when they, when, when you're playing Coachella, and all of the people in middle school who bullied, bullied you reach out and they're like, "Oh my God, I'm so happy for you." Are they're you? They're like, "Can in I the, get a ticket?" I'm like, "No." No, but uh, are you in the back of your mind? Are you like, "Fuck these people"? Like, no, I'm just kind of like, huh. I was kind of like, Haha. is it okay? And then so on the other side, do you, is it like a vinda? Do you feel like? Vindicated in a way, like yeah, like validated. Like, yeah, like I'm um, a, I, I made it out on top. No, actually, weirdly, I people have asked me that before, and I, I don't. I, I'm telling you, like internally, me as a person, I don't feel different from that kid in eighth grade. So for me, this isn't a. You're revenge still rolling thing. around the hill eating grapes. Still rolling around the hill eating grapes, but like this isn't a revenge thing. That doesn't motivate me. What motivates me to get on top is is literally just because I'm so I like being creative. Yeah. And I like trying new things, and I it's, I'm competitive with myself. Yeah. So that's not really what I look to, but it is kind of funny. I'm like, huh? Okay. Well, it, it ties back into what we were talking about because like if you if you were to be you know compelled by wanting to show other people that you made it, that would be an external. Thing. Yeah, it just, it's just not really how I operate. I think, like, the yeah, I, I don't, it's not what satisfies me. And I've said this a billion times. Yeah. Um, I, I've been broke, like bankrupt broke before, and I've been able to afford things. I've had both. And for me, living richly is being happy internally and, like, being able to have my two feet on the ground mm-hmm. every day and, like, being okay with where i'm at you know and in the times when you were broke <laughs> did you did you have that perspective in yeah that moment? i did actually weirdly i was like okay i'm okay i'm 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 i i worked out what gratitude was sure and i was like okay cool i, I might be eating tuna out of a can for a bit but firstly i can work my way out of this there are options oh yeah like oh, yeah. i don't want to give up and i can get out of this and I did. I just had to fucking work hard. It's yeah. like 
um, it's you can make it out of anywhere. And again, I have this song called Forever, and it applies to this, but it will feel like forever until it doesn't. But sure. yeah, as long as you know that. Actually, um, when I was I, I, I was in New Zealand for a bit last year and I was quarantining, they make you quarantine. Like the army takes you off the plane and puts you in like a room for two weeks and like you're not allowed to leave. It's kind of crazy. But I had a friend who I met there where we'd have an hour out and we'd walk around in circles in the yard <laughs> like a like jail. <laughs> like it felt like a jail. Really? Oh, yeah. I remember New Zealand was very <laughs> hardcore on the quarantine. Yeah. And he turned out to be randomly. Yeah. Uh, he was, he's the coach of Zoe Sinna, uh, I De Chanel? No, she's, um, she's a, 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 like an Olympic gold medalist, oh, like snowboarder. And he was teaching me a thing called the pit. What's and the I pit? use it all the time now. And he's like, if you want to achieve something higher than where you are now, yeah. example, being fucking broke or whatever it is, being yeah. in an abusive relationship, trying to get out of it or yeah. feeling suicidal or not being happy in yourself internally. There is a thing called the pit or work. If you want to be the fucking best in the world at what you do, mm-hmm. that's not easy. What and is you, the pit? So the pit is uh, like, so you have to imagine you're at the top of a pit. And then in order to get to the next level, you have to go down and get back out of the ah, pit. You know what I mean? You can't be afraid of uh, and, the, and dip, the dip. 100% yeah. guaranteed you're going to be in that dip at some oh, yeah. point. You got to you gotta dip you down. You probably know what it's like. Well, you know, we, yeah. were talk- we were talking a little bit before the cameras started rolling about you played uh, Red Rocks. Yeah. And you were talking about like being nervous beforehand. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm on a tour right now and I get really nervous beforehand. I feel like that those nerves, like... That's that's a bit of a dip. That, you have like, to, you have to be in your head about like, oh fuck, what if this happens? What if you know whatever? And you gotta move through that. And then on the other side is like, holy shit, I for, just played. For Red me, Rocks. the dip was actually prepping for Red Rocks. It was like the months, like getting to it and making my set, writing the string parts, um, you know, organizing all the instrumentals and making it like a spe- like the visuals, everything. That was the pit. Like I didn't mm. sleep, and no one sees that side of it. You know, they see the top of the no, iceberg. They don't. But I, I they see you rocking out. Yeah, I was like so so hyper focused on that for months. Where I don't know, you know, when you're like working too hard and you you like sit up and you've forgotten to eat and your hair's kind of greasy, but everywhere and you, yeah. you start getting at. I was at that point, I couldn't see, like I couldn't interact with people. Yeah. I was doing that, and I was like, oh my god, I'm in the pit, but it's okay because now I know that I'm in the pit. The only way to get out yeah. of the pit is get back fucking out of the pit. I, I, it Keep takes going. a lot of. Uh, I'm noticing it takes a lot of uh, time. And a lot of repetition and going through the pit to be able to zoom out so that yes. when things are going when things are going badly, you're not like, oh, it's going to be like this forever because you've ridden that way. And then when things are going good, you're like, it's not going to be like this no, forever. No, when you're things are going good, I literally tweeted the other day, why am I on my, I have like a side Twitter and I'm like, why am I feeling guilty when yeah. I'm happy? Which is like the biggest thing that I deal with is when I'm feeling happy, I'm like, this can't, and I think it's just like a defense mechanism because you know, we have so many failures in our lives. Like again, also the pit—you can't be fail- af- afraid to fail. Oh no, there's good stuff in the pit. There's good stuff, and there's failure in the pit. You you have to fail sometime to get out of. Like the pit means your f- like failure, but failure means that you've learned something to make you stronger to get out of the pit. I feel like we're we're on a we're on a, <laughs> a good motivational role here. <laughs> Would you, would you want to? Should we take some calls? Hell yeah! Let's help with some pits. Hugh, um, you're on the phone with with me and Alice in Wonderland. Is uh, is there anything in particular that you you called in to talk about? Well, there's one thing 
more so than others, but I have a whole multitude multitude of things that I could talk about. Let's let's start. Um, let the I'll, one the one thing that you said is more than others. Let's focus on that one thing. What is that one thing? Okay. So I got in a little bit of trouble when I was fifteen, and then I got my pilot's license. I got my pilot's license before I turned twenty-one, and then uh, that thing didn't show up on my medical record. But then now that I renewed my medical and I'm 26 now, uh, a year and a half after getting my newest medical, the FAA sends me a really nice letter in the mail saying, hey, your medical's not technically invalid, but don't fly anymore because uh, we need to take a look at this. Let's sum this all up here. Hugh, okay, so from what I understand about uh, your situation, Hugh, um, you were, uh, uh, when you were 15, you had a DUI. Is but that it, what happened? But you said that it wasn't, it was dismissed, right? So, yeah, it was expunged. So I got a deal called, uh, juvenile, I had a juvenile court officer that gave me what was called, uh, informal judgment. And uh-huh. ultimately he had three options. One, the first option was hand me over to the DOT and say, try this kid as a as an adult and like throw the book at him he's a terrible kid the second option is what he typically does and just wipes his hand clean like conscious pilot and uh says do whatever you want to him and then the third option is what he did and so there's no court no anything and then everything is expunged from my record the only thing that i have is an arrest record right that's weird. I don't know how that works in America. I don't know how that works can in you America get, either. Can you speak to a lawyer? Yeah. Uh, so I never had a lawyer. Like I said, I had a... So since I was a juvenile, I was under 18, uh, yeah. I went to this guy. I can't think of his name for the life of me, but he's a juvenile court officer. And he determined, like, ultimately, like, what to do in specific situations like that. So... Yeah. Well, he sounds like was, an idiot. Uh, <laughs> he knew, he knew yeah. my family, and he knew that... Oh, sorry. Well, he, he knows, wasn't a lawyer. He definitely knows more than I do. Here's the thing. But here's the thing. Like, Please. if it was expunged or whatever, then you shouldn't have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So someone well, sounds it's, like it's not that I have should a get a lawyer. Record. I don't have a criminal record. I just have an arrest record. Like, you... Hugh, Hugh, Yeah. You fly yeah. planes? I do. Before you fly planes, do you ever drink a bunch of alcohol? I've never, and I, I promise you this. I So there's a thing that pilots have, and it's eight, eight hours between bottle and throttle, which means you have to give it at least eight hours before one drink before you can fly a plane. And do like you this. do you religiously Sometimes, follow the rules of bottle and to throttle? Absolutely. Well, I believe you. I actually believe you. And I, yeah. and look, you know, me and Allison, we're no Federal Aviation Administration. You don't, but know, you don't know that. I don't know that. No. I don't know that. Yeah. Allison could be uh, a, a secret FAA agent. I think if there's a, on your record that there's <laughs> a, an arrest from when you were 15... I believe, isn't it when you're 18 it gets cleared and then they, it shouldn't be on your record? Isn't that a thing? Or is that... 
So I just make is that, that a thing? And is that a thing in I think uh, Australia? So. I think I don't know. Did I just dream that? Possibly. Cool. That's an interesting thing to dream. But I feel like if it's juvenile, it doesn't apply when you're an adult. Do you know what I mean? Hugh, if you need us to show up in court in the gecko suits and <laughs> testify for you, we we will, and that's yeah. and that's the uh, important thing. I think you should glean. But from I, us. I, is this? I would love that. <laughs> I'm down, but is it? So then, your medical records when they're trying to do your medical or whatever, it's saying you had a, you had an arrest when you were 15. That's that's the problem. Um. Yeah. So uh, the, there's a a vetting that's done like with the doctor that you get your medical from, um, uh-huh. in which, I mean, he he makes sure that you can see, you can hear, and you can do all that. But then there's also like, uh a mental vetting so he makes sure that you're mentally able to fly a plane and then he makes sure that there's no like underlying issues like with alcohol or drugs or anything like that um yeah. and he cleared me and oh, so- but then but then a year and a half later uh after i got the most recent medical i don't know if the faa just has a backlog of you know here's all of these potential pilots that uh uh you know will have a drug or alcohol problem oh so i guess you're allowed and to fly the planes but you're on a them. list of like oh this guy might be boozing i uh, maybe now i don't know about that but like listen they what sent if you, me a, what if a you letter badge? what if you made a badge yeah like what if you made a badge when you flew that said hey i have a record of being arrested, but I was 15 and it was clear. <laughs> I don't know. I would. Be, I'd feel good about that. That you're being honest. You know. Yeah. In fact, you should actually you should start out. You know how you have your uh, uh, opening um, announcements onto the plane. <laughs> you can you can mention that. Listen, when I was 15, I got super drunk and I drove a car. Uh, but you know that's just what happens when you're 15. And they let me off. Yeah. And well, and folks, as much fun as it would be to living. get super just... drunk and fly this plane, I won't do it. I think you should just walk around, <laughs> w- whatever you're doing at all times, with that badge, and and that should be like your social media tagline. I think mm-hmm. you should own it. Hugh, do any of these yeah. solutions that we have so, attempted to provide you uh, speak to you? I uh, no, I just got one to tell story. <laughs> That's fair. Well, listen, Hugh, um, is there anything else you but, want to say uh, to the people at the computer before we go? I love you all. Lyle, I've been listening to you literally all day. I've been working 14 hours today hauling grain to Ben. Allison, I know of you, and I know of your music, but I'm going to give it a little bit more uh, of a listen to so. You should. Hell yeah. You should. I like that. Thank you for calling, Hugh. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for taking my. Oh, uh, he cut off at the end. Um, what what do you think of Hugh and his situation? I think that Hugh. I think it's more an internal thing than an external thing. Really? Like I feel like no one's again. You know how everyone has their own narrative going on in their heads. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The FAA has their narrative. Yeah, USA's. like I feel like a fun badge. Yeah. Or a T-shirt. Yeah. Just kind of owning it. Yeah. Is, is cool. I I like I feel like uh, when you're when you're 15, you know you 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 shouldn't be I don't I don't know I don't know to what degree you should be held to the standards of what That's your life was like when you're 15. You, that they would ri- wipe that. 
Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to Google that. Well, I'm glad. I I'm there. I'm glad that there are systems in place to like you know. Well, I guess I guess I thought there were. Yeah. To make it so that if you fucked up when you were a kid, you could still go on as an adult to live a real life. Yeah. I wonder if. Yeah. I wonder if it applies to every type of crime. I don't know. I, I if you kill someone at 15, you you have to you have to answer for that. Like, yeah, no, for sure, huh? So I don't. I I thought that things get scrubbed after juvenile age. Hmm. Anyway, let's see. Make the badge. Let's, let's I would like to, to see that badge if you do. Let's talk to Chase in Philadelphia. Okay, Philly. Hey, is this Chase? What's up? This is Lyle, right? Yeah, this is Lyle and Allison. Hey. Holy shit. Hey, guys. Uh, how are you? We're doing good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. A little surprised, but pretty good. Um, Chase, what is it that you wanted to talk to us about today? Um, so, um, in, in the past couple of years, I have uh, gotten the opportunity to uh, be an animator for my uh, profession, which is, you know, really amazing and i've worked really hard for it and uh kind of a goal that i had for a long time but uh lately i've been feeling like um kind of the anxiety of having that goal is uh uh or like the anxiety of possibly losing this position that i have is kind of mm. usurping the joy that i get out of the job now interesting so interesting I feel like that's yeah. thematically similar to some stuff that we were talking we were about. We were really just talking about that. Yeah. And I think as a creative, it's so important to not feel like your job is a job. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. And um, what, what's giving you the anxiety? Like, is it, is it people that you're working with or? Uh, it's mainly just like, <clears throat> sorry. It's mainly just like the kind of the thought of like, Oh man, what happens to my life if I if I don't get this, or if this if I fuck uh-huh. up somehow, basically, the or pits. if they don't have the money anymore? Then exactly, if I go back to the pit, I, I climb my way out of the pit. Now, yeah. what happens if I go back? Well, if you go back, it'll make you stronger. The the one advice I will give you, just from my own experience of many times having that similar thought. So just so you know, you're not alone and very mm-hmm. valid. Um, is you cannot be scared to fail because you're going to fail eventually at something and you just have to know and be prepared that that's okay and that's going to happen. But if you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to know either way. And then if you do fail, whatever, yeah. then you try another th- a way to do it. And again, there's always options. There's always ways to do it. And if you you just have to work hard and, and, and see what happens and put yourself out there, honestly, or you're just going to be you know, you don't want to be really old and go, what if, you know? Yeah, that that's uh, honestly all really good advice. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys, like, uh, pro- probably you both can relate to this. Uh, when you are achieving or like really trying to get a goal or uh, something like that, and then you get it, um, usually you go, okay, like I need to go to the next step or I need to keep working or whatever. And uh, something, I think you actually said this earlier, Allison, like feeling uh, like guilty when you're not really like doing anything or like you're kind of relaxing a little bit. Um, 
I've, I've felt that for the past few years. It's just like, okay, I got here. I got to stay here. And if I ever kind of slack off a little bit, I'm, uh, you know, I don't deserve this position or whatever. You know what it's called? And we all have it. It's called imposter. Like we feel like a, fr- everyone imposter feels like a, fr- syndrome. everyone feels like a fraud at some point. Sometimes oh, yeah. I'm like up at Red Rocks or Lollapalooza. Yeah. We're playing this show and I'm like, Holy fuck! Am I like in a DMT trip right now? Is yeah, this real? Yeah. Does like this simulation. really happen? Like, you know what? Yes. Even if you're in, this is your DMT trip. Like, just that's that's your reality right now, and it is happening. The guilt I feel is when something really good happens, like in a less work, like, and I didn't, and it, it just kind of came to me because I'm so used to having to pit through everything. Um. But I think that, uh, the, you know, what you should focus on is like, what can I do next? What's next? Instead of like being complacent in where you're at. Because I think that keeps us driven and excited. And as creatives, it's really important to have that excitement and drive towards what's next. So to, to that, Chase, yes. uh, mm-hmm. uh, what like specifically for you do you think would, would be next? Um, I don't know. I've kind of been trying to think about it like, uh, I don't know, like before I became or like got this position, it was like a really pie in the sky idea for me. So now that I've got it, I work in the education sector. So I make like, you know, little cartoons for, uh, you know, two to seven year olds to help them like learn English. So I'm like, okay, since I'm already in there, I might as well pivot to another education company or something that works like that. And uh, that's not necessarily what I really want to do, but um, do if do? I'm working as an animator, I'll be, I'll be happy regardless, you know? Well, what is it that you, you said that uh, that's not necessarily what you want to do. What is it that you do want to do? I mean, the, the dream is to like, you know, have a show on Adult Swim and, you know, <laughs> cool. create it and everything. So, <laughs> Can I? Can I? Do you uh, like do YouTube or TikTok or anything like that? Because I mean, the fastest way to have your own show is to just start making it. Yeah, true. Um, you don't really. No, need I, I, I have an Instagram. I have an Instagram. But I don't do TikTok. I've been trying to hold out. Um, and uh, Lyle, I actually emailed you. Uh, did. Trying to trying to solicit uh, anim- animation services or see if you needed any. Oh. Um, well, listen. So, you don't need me. You don't need email. Adult Swim. You do need TikTok. You need yourself. You need to, yourself. Like, just do it. Because here's the thing: people like always ask, "Oh, you know, how do you start writing songs? Like, how do you do this? Blah 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 blah." Yeah. Just fucking do it, and it's gonna be pit. It's gonna be pit gonna be for pit. a bit. It's gonna, pit. Be- it's gonna be pit for a bit. <laughs> It'll feel like forever until it doesn't. <laughs> But you just got to do it. You just got to do it. If that's what you want to do, you don't want to be like one day like, what if? Like, fuck it. You go to your nine to five animation job, make really cool cartoons for little mm-hmm. kids to learn English, which mm-hmm. I love. And then at <laughs> night, just sacrifice a couple of hours yeah. sleep and just do it. Put yourself out there. You can make all don't your be- fucked up hentai animations yeah. that I know you got going on in that brand of yours. <laughs> we want to see it. But you should just do it, honestly. The only way that either of us, where we're at, is we've been like, well, fuck it. We'll just do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and it sucks. It's so much rejection. And you're going to hear a lot of no, but just do it. 
how do you how do, how do you wow. how do you feel right now chase um not gonna lie i feel uh pretty motivated my my heart is racing Good. sweating a little bit Good. um don't, don't, yeah, don't I feel like I should quit my job and just uh, no. start, a, start a TikTok animation campaign. Nobody said <laughs> no, 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 Chase, no. Chase. Chase. Nobody said you had to. Nobody, Chase. No, we're not telling you to stop doing things. We're telling you to start doing. No, things. no. What I'm saying is, you're gonna. Have, <laughs> I'm mad at you, Chase, right now. No, 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 no. You keep doing that because also. You don't want to fuck that up. Like, there's going to be people that will appear in your life in 10 years from that you met, from when you met at the animation company, and you're going to be doing it. Like, you got to do it on top of it. Just mm -hmm. again, like, add a couple of hours to your day and just do it. Like, drink some yerba mate, drink some Red Bull, whatever you energy. Don't do the other illegal things. Oh, yeah. And, or do it. I no don't four know. Four Locos. Yeah, no. <laughs> and just do it. I, I honestly, because. Otherwise, you're not going to do it, and it's never going to happen for you. That's that's just real talk. Uh, you, you guys are 100 percent right, and also I was 100 percent kidding. I would I would never ever quit this job. It's the best thing that ever Great. happened to me. So, Chase, is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go? Um, no, I'm so happy I got to get on. Um, Alice in Wonderland, you have been really helpful, and I really appreciate it. Lyle, Thank you. you're the best, and I love watching you, man. Hey, appreciate you, Chase. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. See you, dude. I like that guy. I hope you know. Here's the thing about motivation, about feeling fired up. It it only lasts for yeah, so long. Yeah. So if you're still watching tonight, oh yeah, just fucking make, make something. Even if it sucks and you don't like it, just make it. I wish I would have asked him what he wants to make. We're going to assume it's hentai. I did assume it was hentai. Well, because I feel like here's the thing: is I feel Tentacles. like if, if you have a job. If you have a job, like Dr. Su I'm about to say something that is probably made up, but the cool thing about being on a podcast is that you can just say stuff That's... without having to fact check any of it. I'm pretty sure Dr. Seuss <laughs> made like fuck. He made like fucked up like sexual cartoons he did? and stuff. I think so. Cause like, and, I, and that make, it makes sense. Like if you're like, if you like make work like, like he does with like in like children's yeah, stuff, yeah, like yeah. everything you make is like all wholesome and like yeah. nice. You're like you need a catharsis for all your like fucked up ideas. You know what? That's it's why so I assumed true. he's making weird. But that's true shit. because everyone that I've met in my life that outwardly do really fucked up things are the most chill normal people. Interesting. It's yeah, because so they're weird. getting it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some way, because like we all have outlet. it. We all have it. Yeah. And like I, you know, like people I'm really close to when I first met them. Their career was blah blah, and then I'd be like, "Oh god, this person's fucked in the head for sure." And it's just normal. Can I? Can I? Can we talk about the uh, thing you were telling me about when we were walking from here to the studio? Or do you not want to talk about that? What was it? it was the Kermit stuff? How much I love Kermit? Oh yeah. Okay, like you told me you had like an album of Kermit. Oh yeah, photos. I have an album of Kermit fucked up Kermit photos on my yeah. phone. Yeah. And I look at them a lot. Like my friends only send me Kermit pictures. Like. Literally, there's, there's like, they're really offensive. Though. It was like, it was like Miss Piggy like sucking his dick. And yeah, shit, Miss Piggy's right? sucking his dick, like him like with his dick out, him like snorting cocaine. Yeah, like him like bondage, like tied up to a bed with like, mm -hmm. um, there's like really muscly Kermit. There's cowboy Kermit. Um, there's one. Do you know Goatsy? Is that a, who is that? It's a meme. Don't Google it. It's where a guy is bent over spreading his butthole. Don't Google it. I'm gonna Google it. G O T. I think it's G O A T S. Goat. People. Goat people C. who know what this is. Gonna be. Go, oh, it's on Urban Dictionary. 
Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it says four of four. <laughs> Those, uh, I don't even want to look at. But there's, I have a Kermit doing that, but he's like a puppet. Yeah. So he's bent over and his hands are like <laughs> spreading open the puppet hole. Yeah. Um, that's my one of my favorites. Where do you find these pictures of Kermit's butthole? Honestly, when I, <laughs> like, imagine, like, my search history is just, like, <laughs> naked yeah, the FBI's definitely dick. got a tab on <laughs> I just genuinely Google, like, weird Kermit or fucked up Kermit or, like, alt Kermit. It's just, like, there's so many things that people have made with Kermit that, I, like, it's he's become this thing to me that just brings me so much joy because mm-hmm. he's lived so many lives and you know it makes it kind of to the same thing i mean kermit very wholesome family friendly show the muppets show he's has probably fucked up things that's, that's why I'm he saying. wants to get like tied up that's why he wants to do all this cocaine he's dirty. hiding it yeah within but i feel like a lot of people when you're in a like you you'll notice this in with you know when you watch a documentary of someone and they always it's always because they're like so controlled or like they're not yeah you know what i'm that's saying why, that's why kermit uh needs to let loose a little bit Kermit. We, we need Kermit at the rave. Hey, folks, this episode is sponsored by funlove.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have finally gotten a coveted sex toy marketplace sponsorship. And boy, does this place have it all. Funlove.com is your place to go for vibrators, lingerie, BDSM bondage stuff if you're into that, penis pumps, Cock rings, chastity belts, go crazy, folks. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. And for a limited time, Therapy Gecko listeners can save 30% off their first order by entering the code GECKO at checkout. Go to funlove.com and use the code GECKO at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today and make a horny purchase. Hello? (laughs) Hi! Hi, CJ. How are you? Sorry. <laughs> you have nothing to apologize for that I know of. Oh, my God. What's uh, what's going on with you, CJ? Um, Sorry. I am totally flabbergasted. I did not think this was going to happen today. No. Do you need a um, second? Do you want to take a breath? Yeah. Give me one second. Take a breath. Okay. Hang out. Okay. <laughs> um, we're here... We're here with, uh, I'm a gecko. Allison, I'm here with Allison. She's a gecko as well. We're yeah. two geckos. We're talking to people on the phone. We're yeah. hanging out. What's up? What's going on, CJ? Oh, so I'll kind of tell you what I told the call screener, but like, yeah, please. I'm trying to hook up with my coworker, but <gasps> I can't tell if he's really like vibing with it or not because there's a lot of layers. To like maybe why he wouldn't vibe with it, you know? What's Even the though layers? he said he would. So he said he said he would hook up with you to you? Yes. So, so like do you want me to like explain a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. What what are what are these layers that are causing friction with this? Um, okay. So I have a fiance and <laughs> 
it's totally consensual for me to hook up with other people. Oh, okay. Like, he knows okay. all about this and everything. Okay. So it's not like I'm doing this behind their back or anything. Sure. Chill. Um, Chill. We love that for but you. But the coworker, <laughs> but the coworker, he had a thing with one of our other coworkers, and it's still very like up in the air if they're gonna like get together or not. Mm, so now. it's pretty confusing, but yeah. Would you be down to like fuck this guy just for your own satisfaction and stir the pot with this girl? Like, are you friends with this girl? No, I'm not. I only work there like on the weekends, if anything, like maybe once a month. Can I, can I ask, when you say I it's up... When you say it's up in the air that they might get together, what exactly does that mean? So, from what I've been told of the situation, it's basically like, he liked her, and she liked him, and they were talking, and then she went away to school, very far away, and said, like, I don't want to, like, have a relationship while I'm gone, you know? Okay. So... She said that, or like, not that she didn't want to, that it was like a heavy, oh, maybe we'll get together. And is she coming back soon? Yeah. And that's like another thing is we're all supposed to go out as like a group this weekend. And she's going to be Just, there. <laughs> see, I, I, I would suss it out this weekend. I feel like, I mean, that's the thing about like having sex with your coworkers and shit is like, if things get weird, it's like now it's it's in it's infiltrated your day to day life. You have to see these people all the time. Like, uh, is this just a se- sexual thing for you, or is there feelings involved? Um, this is mostly just a sexual thing for me. Like, he's definitely my friend, and right. like I have had like a little baby crush, you know. But then uh-huh. we like talked about like the dynamic of like kind of how this would go and it just kind of solidified for me that no this would just be like you are my friend with benefits you know do, do you think if you did this if you're looking at long game and big picture and the other girl was involved it would get messy if she found out I I don't know because we recently talked about like her and him having a conversation and every time he tells me about her it seems like she's very uninterested in being with him. And like, she's trying to beat around the bush of letting him down. You know, CJ, I mean, look, this guy is single. It's up to him, really. So, yeah, this guy's single. You've got the green light. You're, you've got the green light. You're in an open relationship. I don't know. What's this girl? Why is this girl? She's all the way over in, what, Europe or something? And she's influencing things going on over here. But also, if she's not his girlfriend and they haven't made a committed decision to be with each other exclusively, it's not up to you to make that decision. Yeah, and like, I... Yeah, it it is really up to him. Yeah. Yeah, like, we've tried to, like, arrange actually, like, you know, doing the deed, and every time, (laughs) like, I I end up being busy... I'd be so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I end up being busy, and then... The next time I, like, bring it up, I'm like, I'm not busy right now. Like, we could do it. And he's like, yeah, but I'm just, like, going through it, like, about her. So I'm, it's not, 
Like, Ugh. I worry that if I, like, put it on too strong, he'll be like, oh, but I'm so emotionally messed up now from, like, but doing this. But you've given you him opportunity, then... right? Yeah. Ugh. CJ, can I say this? I, I, any, like, in this, in the whole romantic sexual sphere of life, uh, when things should be, you know, fairly clear. Yes. I hope that you are not losing mm-hmm. sleep over this. Yeah. Because this is like, this just sounds so annoying. It sounds good. Like it's going to drain you. <laughs> yeah. It's just like annoying. We and don't like, don't, just don't waste time on it. At the yeah. Very it sounds like he, okay. From what I'm hearing is if he wanted to, he would. Oh yeah. Right. He, and He's maybe enjoying the attention that perhaps, you're giving him as a res- as a distraction from this girl, and I'm just yeah. I I just think like you can do better. Yeah, go find like <laughs> go go go, go like, find someone who's like head. yes, I will like sleep be with there you, in like, five the minutes, and thing. he's like you yeah. know be, you you want that you want someone who like. Uh, it's too much effort for someone that you're not going to be in a relationship with. If it's just yeah, sex, it's just way like, too much just, effort. just go find like another dick. What do you, what do you think about <laughs> all of that? CJ? I love that for you. You have I mean, options. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I have this weird thing whenever people are like too gung ho about me that I'm like, it'll leave me alone. You know, right. it's a like, turn off some sort of attraction to the chase. Uh-huh. And I'm just, and I also enjoy the attention, though. Okay, you know? so are you so, b- are is are you both enjoying just fucking with each other? Maybe. Maybe you just have to stop chasing him and just like enjoy the attention, and then it's up to him, really. Honestly, at this yeah, point, you've given him so true. many opportunities. Um, CJ, is there anything else you want to say to the people of the computer before we go? Live your life and have a good one. Hey, Hell you too, yeah. man. That's good. It's a good one. Hell yeah to CJ. I liked CJ. That hurt my brain a little bit, though. I honestly was just like, if he wanted to, he would. Yeah. Straight up. And she deserves that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. The, the, it, it was just a lot of it was just a lot of effort. Like, she, kno- yeah. like, it, she knew too much about that. She, yeah. to, about that girl. Like, too, why do we even too, know this? Too draining. Why do we know yeah. that she's... What, what doesn't the fuck? Need that. It's just doesn't need a weird it. thing. Keep it simple. If it's going it to be, like, a sex thing, yeah. again, clarity and keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. You know? How are you feeling, Allison? How are you enjoying being a gecko and talking to people I'm on the phone? I'm loving and living my life. Beautiful. Beautiful. This is great. Everyone's yeah. awesome. Everyone's been really cool. You know what I love about this? And, and you know, when I first started uh, doing this, I was like, I didn't even screen the calls. I was like, people are just going to call in and like yell things and not uh-huh. have actual conversations. But time and time again, we do this stream and people call in and they have things going on in their lives yeah. that they want to talk about. And you know what? You probably feel crazy before you say it. And then when you say it out loud and someone's like, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, people you in the feel, chat are like, holy shit, I feel this girl. You totally feel not alone anymore and validated. I'm actually so impressed that she was just like had that chat. with. I would never, be, I'd be so bad at that. At I've what? never been able to be like, yo, so would you hook up with me? Like I've never. Oh, with the guy or with yeah, her fiance? Just the guy. Like, no, no, not the, fi- like the guy, like going up to someone in general and, and saying that like, to would me. Would you hook up with me? I could never. 
could never do. I, 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 I yeah, I respect no that she has the, uh, the gusto, the gusto to like be forward about it. I'm it's sure the guy appreciates great. it too because it's good to like, know what people are thinking and feeling about things. There's no way I would be able to do it. I'd be terrible at it. Be like so. Eggplant emoji? Question mark. Mike. Hey, Lyle. Allison, how are you? Hello. What's up, dude? Not too much. I'm excited to be on. I didn't think this would happen. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, I, I never thought that I would be sitting here in a gecko suit. I don't think Allison ever thought she'd never. be sitting here in a gecko suit. But it's so the best thing that's ever happened to All me. three of us are currently existing in a situation we never thought <laughs> would ever happen. So we, we all share that in common. Um, what's going on with right? you, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of things that we never thought would happen, part of the reason I called today is because today I'm at a point in my life where I'm proud to say I've been sober for over five years. And six years ago, I was on. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, six years ago, I was like on the verge of death, didn't want to exist any longer. And so the fact that I'm here where I am now and I'm not going to give all the details and tell my whole story, but I'm kicking ass in life right now. I'm so proud of myself. My family relationships are incredible. My career has skyrocketed, but most importantly, I'm just like proud of me and who I am. Um, and I try my best to use. Yeah. So, you know, I, I make efforts in like the sobriety and, and recovery community to help other people, uh, other younger men who have like had similar struggles and, you know, share a bit of my story and experience strength and hope to help them out. Um, and in that realm, I'm comfortable. And then I have like the career world, like the professional people, Mr. Business and Mrs. Business people, where I almost feel like I have to hide a bit of myself because when I'm at work, I've had the same job for seven years. There's not many people left that even knew I was struggling with alcoholism, that even had any idea something was going on. So at the workplace, and in another side business I do, many people just know I don't drink. And usually when that comes up or a drink is offered to me, I just say, hey, I'm not interested, like not my thing. And usually they're like, oh, cool. And they just assume it's because they know I'm into working out or they just think I'm being healthy or what, whatever it may be. But So is, um, is, is this aspect of your life something that you are are afraid of talking to people about or, or or ashamed of people knowing you know what in the last i'd say i don't know i'm not putting a, to- a concrete time on it but in the last two years i've been i i turned uh, a corner where like when i get to know new people one of the first thing i'll tell them is that i don't drink and i don't know why that changed but it, it feels important to tell people and i'm proud of it but mm-hmm. the part that is difficult to discuss and where I like while I'm here on this call, reaching out to, for some help and guidance is, is in my drinking, I caused a lot of wreckage. I, like family for a, year, for a while didn't want anything to do with me. And I, I got three DUIs and anyone in the U.S. Know what that, knows what that means. You lose your license for 10 years. So people that meet me now can't even fathom that that's something that's going on with me so i have like a quote-unquote professional job and you know if you look at people don't think alcoholic when they see me and that lack of having a license has been preventing has 
been holding me back. And it's like, it's a personal battle more so than anything, because I'm not afraid to tell people I don't drink, but when there's a social engagement or something going on and it involves driving or I need a car to get there, I keep finding myself making excuses to not go because I'm afraid someone's going to find out or ask what, like find out I don't have a, have a car or ask like why I'm not driving. And I don't have a good answer for that as a, so you're, you're afraid that people will find out about the three DUIs. Right. And okay. so okay. a perfect example, microcosm of this is last Friday, some friends from work went out and it sounded like a good time. I was game to go out and, okay. uh, experience this for them. And, uh, no. It was, but then when they told me the location, it was like 40 minutes in the wrong direction away from work. And I didn't like, there was no public transportation. That was a good option. And Ubering is always an option too. But I was like, oh, they're going to see me pull up in an Uber and call for an Uber on the way home. And they're going to mm-hmm. ask that mm-hmm. question. So, so, so give us a second. Allison, I, I, you seem like you have some thoughts. So many thoughts. Firstly, congratulations. Again, I was very intimately close with an addict for a many amount of years who's now sober and amazing. But during that time, did a lot of damage and was a completely different person. And I was literally right next to them the entire time whilst they were in that and recovering. So I understand how difficult that is. And I honestly think you're incredibly strong and fucking cool for that, for sobering up and getting your life together because it's very difficult. And I've seen it firsthand. And and it was actually really hard for me to... I had to go to Al-Anon to deal with mm. my side of it because you know you have to forgive that and and so i think there's like a lot sure. of heaviness when you think about the reason why you can't drive associated with why you can't drive i don't think it's actually the fact that you, you can't drive because um to be honest i don't fucking drive in this country at all i take Ubers everywhere because i don't <laughs> I, it, it, um but i think because i think there's like just a trauma and and, and maybe like something that you don't even realize that's like associated with the narrative of you not driving that's making you feel embarrassed when, again, everyone, I doubt, firstly, is going to notice that you're taking an Uber or question it if you're going on a night out. It doesn't matter, even if you don't drink. And I think um, it's... You also don't owe anyone an explanation. You set your own boundaries for that, if they do ask. And they yeah. should be able to respect that. And I think... Just knowing that you, like, yes, that is something that, that happened and it's 10 years because you had three three DUIs and, and, and you don't, don't have a license anymore. But focusing on that one negative compared to the amazing positives that you've just told us that are, like, incredible and not many people get to recover like that is, like, maybe limiting you a little bit. Yeah, do, do you know I, what I, mean? I can't disagree. Yeah. Like, and I think like, yeah, I think it's not a, it's a big deal in your head because you associate it with such a dark time in your life. But outwardly, I really don't think that people are thinking like that because it's not their experience. No, I feel that. I know my mind jumps to the worst possible outcome of them saying, look in my, Googling my name and saying that DUIs come up and that that, that is irrational, right? Like I, I, I get that as I'm saying it to you, but, but even sometimes if they in did, the moment, yeah. But even if they did, you go, yeah, yeah, okay. But now I work with the community. I've turned my entire fucking life around. I've been sober for 
five years and um it was a it was being rock bottom changed my life for the better like that's a you can turn that into a positive it's actually not a negative thing if you've gotten out of it it's actually so inspirational more than you realize i appreciate that coming from you or from anyone really but uh yeah, I, I need to hear that again and again and again because I, I my self talk sometimes talks me in the wrong direction. But you know, right now I'm 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 feeling pretty good about that, you know. And uh, I got to practice, you know. I think if I just do it more often, it'll get easier. Again, and and no so, one, if you're honest, firstly, you don't have to, you don't don't owe anyone anything. But secondly, if you're honest, and I mean, this is a success story. It's not a fail story. It's amazing. Yeah. So, you know. No, that's true. I, I, I'm worried that, you know, I'm worried about the perception of DUIs and criminals like I'm a bad person. But really, you're right. Like, I, I just need to put myself out there. If they don't take me for who I am, then that's that's their loss, I guess. You know, I got to. Well, you know, look, well. Mike, I, Mike, I think in thinking about, uh, you know, criminality and thinking about, you know, labeling yourself as bad or good is um, is 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 a little unproductive and i think you know where you stand on the earth at this moment uh the past does not necessarily have to define you and i think uh in terms of what you desire to do moving forward uh should be unaffected by anything in your past so you know if you were to label yourself as bad you prevent yourself from moving forward positively, which is a, a travesty to to the world because we want more people to uh, try to move forward positively. And um, yeah, I just hope that you uh, you know feel empowered to do that. What is it exactly you know uh, moving forward in your life that you want to do? Uh, I want to raise a family and uh, you know help protect the environment and create a site okay. safe stable society but uh yeah in my professional career i'm in a position where i can help reduce the impact of of my industry on the environment and that's the career goal sustainability doing that Mm -hmm. heck yeah we love a sustainable king what the Um, hell you're honestly killing it yes and honestly set boundaries sustainability committee at work (laughs) that's amazing but you know what you should do if you are struggling to uh you know keep practicing and telling yourself what you could do is set boundaries and like almost write yourself like a little script of what you are okay with saying you know just for yourself yeah and then when someone says like you you haven't have you seen the rehearsal nathan fielder like you know just kind of prepare yourself a little bit so that when that comes because inevitably it probably will just say that and again i promise you right now if you told someone even 10% 10% of what you told us, they would think you're dope as hell. Ah, I appreciate that. I've let a couple like, of bad experiences or bad conversations jade my, my thought processes, but you guys, you're helping me set my mind right on the right track. Love it. Mike, yeah. is there anything else you want to say to the people of the computer or to me or Allison before you go? Sure. Real quick, Allison, your music has been the theme song to my recovery over the last few years. Ever since I discovered your music, thank you for being you and for sharing your experience. Uh, that's 
I, I couldn't tell you. I'm the only one in my friend group that listens to you, and 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 it's my thing. You, you, early in the show, you talked about things that are yours and not something you do with your friends. I, I the first time I saw you live was by myself, and I was perfectly happy going by myself. And that's like I, I heard that when you started the show off like that, and I just went to Red Rocks with my brother, who wasn't trusted to be with me uh, alone when I was in my drinking, and I took him to Red Rocks uh, sober, and you know my family was happy that. You know, it was a brother experience. And then for anyone out there, I just, if you're struggling with something, ask for help. Ask your family, ask your friends, ask a therapist, ask two people dressed up in gecko costumes because having the willingness to like ask for help is the only way you can recover and overcome anything. You know, you're never alone if you just have that willingness. It's the hardest part, but just ask anyone for help and something will stick and it'll help you get on, move on to the next thing in your life. Thank you very much you're for gonna calling. Make, you're going to make me cry. Have, uh, <laughs> have, a, have a good rest of the night and keep uh, keep on keeping yeah, on, Yeah, we man. love you. Hell yeah. You rule. Keep on keeping on. Love care, you guys, brother. too. I'll take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. You know, this <laughs> is... This is uh, I'm like, don't cry. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have a lot of opportunities where you get to like really talk to your fans? Because yeah. my whole thing is like talking to yes. the people who listen to I'm the very view. close with my fans. Cool. Very close cool, with them. Cool. Yes. They're my family. You know, he, Mike has an interesting thing, and he has a thing that I think about a lot lately. I think societally we are very obsessed with uh, labels. Yes. This person is bad. This person is good. Yes. This person is this. This person is that. For And for whatever reason, justifiably so, you might have to apply that label. And, you know, people are compelled to apply those labels because those people do things that elicit very emotional reactions well it's also just now especially in the age of social media everything's so instant right instant opinion instant gratification instant definition it's like way more labeled than it ever has been i Mm -hmm. feel Mm -hmm. and uh you know mike is, is is struggling with uh delabeling himself so that he can as a human body on the universe right now move forward productively and which I, is what honestly, we want. Sounds like he's doing that, which yeah. so many people struggle with. So it's so cool. Makes me like even yeah. He he. It was very a very familiar uh, story and mm-hmm. like t- close to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, no, I get it. And no one should judge you for when you're trying to change. It's it's probably very hard. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, yeah. It's a big it's a big thing. I guess I guess we're trying to hone in on that i feel like it's so easy to get all pissed off all the time oh my gosh it's so easy i get pissed off oh my god all the time what was the last thing that really pissed you off <laughs> I, my manager drove me today here because i don't drive <laughs> and he was vaping in the car yeah and i lost my shit and i was, he was like well the air conditioning is i'm like nah you know, I don't. I don't vape, but I, I like when other when people around me vapes because I you can like, like the smell. Yeah, like when someone has a fucking like Captain Crunch vape or something. No. I'm, I'm into that. It was so ke- chemically, and I was like, ugh, like get it aw- the fuck away from me, bro. Okay. Look at my feet. Do you think that I could go on OnlyFans with feet? And- yeah. So uh, then you you I, I then you'd be diluting my OnlyFans market because well, what I, if we I, did a joint feet a pick. joint feet pick gecko OnlyFans? Yeah, there has to be there's, someone. There's something in the works with that. I feel like there's always someone that there's one person at least one person in the world that like jerks off to gecko feet. 
Hey folks, this episode is sponsored by Factor Meals. I'm actually a huge fan of Factor, and it's been a large part of my weight loss journey this year. I've been using them before they sponsored the podcast, and their service is great. I hate cooking so much, and Factor makes it very easy to eat healthy, delicious food that I can whip up in the microwave or the air fryer. I'm a big fan of Factor classics, such as the shredded chicken taco bowl, the Indian butter chicken, and who could forget the creamy tomato pork chop. I've been trying to count calories and lose weight and all that stuff, and Factor makes it very easy because the calorie counts and the macros are listed right on the box. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Head to factormeals.com slash gecko50 and use the code gecko50 to get 50% off. That's code gecko50 at factormeals.com slash gecko50 for 50% off. Hello? Hello. Hi, is this Dawn? Hello. This is Dawn. Dawn, how are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Dr. Geckos, how are you tonight? We're good. Doing pretty good. Dawn, um, look, it says here that uh, you have an 18-year-old son who uh, you say refuses to get a job and needs motivation. Is that correct? That is that is 100 correct. 100%. Okay. Do you do you uh, want to go into this with in your own words? Um sure. I'll give you a little bit of background. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah, he's almost he'll be 19 in December. He's graduated high school about 2 years ago now. He's with a GED and did it online. Um, during COVID and has gotten very complacent with staying at home and not being social and doesn't have any friends anymore. And now it's time to get a job and he's just (laughs) doesn't, he's not going out. He has a lot of anxiety, I think too about it, but he's always been a social person before all this happened. So it's, I'm not sure where to go with him with with it. It's he's just anything we've tried. He wants to do therapy, but um, wants to do in person, which is hard because he gets very particular with therapists and won't talk to people. So I need some advice. <laughs> well, the fact that he's open to going to therapy is amazing. Honestly, I think that's a really good positive, yeah. and I think letting him know that he's understood and like not alone in feeling a little changed from the pandemic when we're all alone and kind of forgetting how to be social. I think a lot of us went through that. So again, like that is something that you should remind him. And I don't know. I just remember my dad kicking me out of the house. Your dad kicked you out of the house when you were 18? He was like, time to go. Time to leave the nest. Really? I love it. I'm glad he did it. I love my dad. Do you, are you suggesting that Dawn kick her son out of the house? My dad literally he, went, time to know, leave the nest. <laughs> what What were you going to say, Don? He, he just moved out with my ex-husband. Um, so he's not with me, but he is with his, his my ex, um, with his dad, which is a good situation. They have a nice new house, and, and he's remarried now. But again, he's just in his room now, in the basement, um, not being social, not getting a job, uh, same pattern that he's had for the last couple of years and 
Does he play you games? Know, we, like, what does he do in the basement? Um, I mean, he has his own room down there. This is a, a new house. It's a nice big house, but like video games, it's mainly video games. He had a girlfriend for the last four, almost five years. She really? Broke up what, with him, right? what happened so, there? <laughs> they were, he when was they moving because he was... Um, it was probably about four weeks ago, and then he moved two weeks after that, about an hour and a half away from me and uh, where his girlfriend is, too. Uh, she lives in this area, but so now he's a little bit further from everybody with his dad and I think yeah. feels more secluded when, you know, want therapy. He's reached out, but, you know, now he's 18. I can't make appointments for him anymore, and he won't call to make any. But, yeah, you know, prop, props to you, Don, because you're really, I mean, he's 18. If you really wanted to, you could be like, hey, figure it out yourself, kid. But you're like a real mom <laughs> My, here. my dad really... was like, figure it out yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I really commend you for, I mean, you're clearly putting in the effort here. But I also, I mean, clearly, I'm not sure what, kid. but he, <laughs> yeah, he's your baby. And he probably right? has like <laughs> depression or anxiety, honestly. And to be and and when you're feeling oh, I, like that, it's it's really hard to like motivate yourself to pick up a phone and call a therapist. It's really hard. And right, has he opened up to you about like if he has any mental health concerns? Yes, he's there. He's always had a very open relationship. He's come out before that he was bisexual. Like four years ago, you know, to me has talked to me openly about things. You know, he's had a girlfriend for the last couple of years as well, but, you know, openly says he's, you know, open to any type of relationship in the future. And, you know, so he's a very open-minded person. He's got, you know, good head on his shoulders. It's just this whole anxiety, I think, about going out into public again and, and, and being with the population <laughs> he doesn't like going to the store anymore he won't go to the movies he won't go out and eat dinner he he won't go do anything publicly and i'm not sure why <laughs> and that you know, changed just, in the last like two years it was before the pandemic a little bit as well you know and then i think that just made it worse <laughs> have you spoken you know. to his Girl, well, now ex-girlfriend, but did she ever mention anything to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, they were they were both young. You know, they were high school sweethearts, so they were all through high school together. And young love. <laughs> yeah. That's what I chalk all relationship up to because it's, mm. you know, a little love notes here and there, and it's, it was young love. So, so but, is yeah, he... they went back and forth. Is he trying to do, is he trying to get a job or go to college or anything at all? No, he talks about it. I want to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to go out. His dad's going to take him out tomorrow. They'll, they'll go around town. He'll go online, look for jobs. You know, I'll call and him. He just, does, he's later. just always talking about it, but never Thanks. doing it. Yep. I mean, yep. the amazing thing that and you that said about him is that he, yeah. I, he sounds so self-aware, which I think is so rare for someone that age, yep. which is a huge positive. Yep. Um, pers- from my personal thing, I don't know if this is correct, but 
you can't really force anyone to do anything until they're yeah. ready to do it. Yeah, I was going to say that. This is really tough. Anytime anyone, you know, calls into this and is talking about something, you know, whatever the relationship is, mother, son, uh, you know, boyfriend, friend, whatever it is, it's so, so difficult, these kinds of situations, because, like, you clearly care. You care enough to call in to talk to two geckos about it. You care enough that you're invested in your son's life. But it's so fucking hard because it doesn't matter how much you care and it doesn't matter how much you try and it doesn't matter what you say but at the end of the day whether you're his mother whether you're whatever you can't make anyone do anything it's a tough just fact of life that you have to accept and so i think that you i mean for your own personal sanity dawn you know i think you provide as much support as you can you <laughs> let him know that you're there for him and then at the yeah. after you've and done so all that it's like you, you can't point. when he's eight you can't drag him into his life and it's a tough thing to accept yeah. but I, I i think but you are honestly being such a beautiful caring person to him and for him to be so self-aware at that age like oh my god when i was 18 i didn't even i was like definitely not that <laughs> not that yeah. <laughs> like i was yeah you know, um, you know. But i think also at that age you're just so lost and there's so many i think there's just like a lot going on in the world right now mm-hmm. um yeah. so I, th- I think just being supportive and trying to encourage i mean one thing i i thought about is what if you and his uh father and and his um wife got together and and spoke about it together like a little intervention even just with the three of you i think it might be intimidating with your kid that might be something in the future that we can do me and my ex have a better relationship now we're married 22 years and divorced for almost six now so we have a better relationship now than we did the 22 years we were married so (laughs) we talk you know a lot (laughs) now so that his wife and i have met many times you know i've so that wouldn't be a problem to be able to do something like that if it and I think in the future that needs to happen because I don't want to see him keeping this up for another year and another year because it it goes by so fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I think on, honestly, talk. Yeah, I think well, if it makes you feel better, I was a freaking idiot. When I was 18. Oh my God. Well, it's a tough thing. I mean, that's the thing is if, listen, here's the thing is if the next, you know, if this year, next year, the year after that don't work out for him, you know, he's, he's, he's not out of hope yet. He's got plenty, plenty more years left on this earth to be a human being. So it might yeah. just take him a little yeah. bit longer, but, but it sounds you know, like he has a, a stable, uh, support network around him, which is amazing. And honestly, it might be worth just, calling your ex-husband up and and his wife and being like hey guys what should we do and like coming up with a little plan together if he can't if he's got too much anxiety to to call a therapist or find a therapist because i think actually making that first step is really difficult i think if he finally Mm -hmm. decided to do it it would be easier but just that first you know step into that is is hard so i don't know maybe um just talking to the family and getting some support for that. Dawn, That's a very um, great, great suggestion. Dawn, is there any other um, you know aspect of this that you feel like we didn't cover, or or anything else that you you want to say to me, Allison, or the people at the computer before we go? 
Um, no, you guys have been actually wonderful. It was my first time calling in, and you, yeah. yeah, first time calling in, and it, it picked up right away, and I got right through to you, so it was meant to be. <laughs> that was, yeah, thank you. Talk of to course. people about it, yes. <laughs> of course. Uh, good luck to you and, and to your son, and, uh, you know, I, we appreciate you, you know, clearly showing a lot of care. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Geckos. You've been awesome. Have a good night, Dawn. What were you like? Thank you. You too. See ya. What were you like at 18? What was I like at 18? Uh, Let's see. What was I doing? I was like doing a lot of stand-up. I was making movies. I was playing. You making movies? Yeah. I was like making little movies with my friends. That's what I did in high school and stuff. What kind of stuff? Like little like comedy shorts and like short films. We would like enter film festivals and shit. Really? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see them. You want to see them? Yeah. Look, I'll send you one. Of, they're all really? on my, you know what's funny is they're all on every like the YouTube channel that like I'm going to post this on. Yeah. If you're watching this right now on youtube.com slash Lyle forever and you go to my videos and you sort by oldest, all of the shit that I made in high school is still up on this channel. I never, so, I didn't like take it Do people know that or is this like a world exclusive? No, I, th- I think people, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't like, I don't like promote it, but it's there. That's you know, cool. I occasionally I'll get like a comment on old videos. That's like, this is the Gek before he was the Gecko. And I'm like, hell yeah. I'm glad people are finding that stuff. Whoa, that's crazy. Very like. You were writing as well? Like writing the films and. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, so sick. Yeah. yeah. That's that was, so sick. Yeah. It was, I, had a, I had a good. I, and it was, I did it with all my friends and all, all the people I made those movies with. I'm still really good friends oh, with. Today. I love that. So. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I've had a I've had a nice life. I feel like I love that for you. Thanks, Allison. Like, what a great gecko! Thank you. you turned out to be. Thank well, you. I'm gonna go watch them honestly tonight. You like, should, please. When I when I can't sleep, I go through YouTube and I just like watch people's. Like, I go deep in their channels. Go watch if you're gonna watch anything. Why? And if anyone listening to this is gonna watch an old movie of mine from high school, watch. Watch A Passion for Espionage. Oh, I'm in. You can find that, A Passion for Espionage. That's going to be me tonight. What, what, what were you like when you were 18? I was actually a classical cellist, and I was living in Europe. What? <laughs> yeah. You were a classical cellist? Yeah, I still play it uh, at Red Rocks. I was playing cellist. That's why I write strings and stuff. I love that for you because you went from, because you play like, Mod, you like elect to me like electronic music. That's like music of the fucking future, <laughs> and like to be a cellist, that's like oh, music the polarity, of the polarity, right? Yeah, it's very, very much. Yeah, the polarity of that is um, interesting. Yeah, my entire background is I was a classically trained cellist, um, really? and then came back, and then went fuck it, like after studying and you know spending my entire life eight hours a day doing scales, I went, I'm gonna join a punk band. And I joined a punk band, and I was like. Fuck that. I'm going to make my own music on a computer where I can make all the sounds myself. Mm-hmm. And that's how that happened. Do you still listen to punk music? Yeah. There's a there's a there's there's an Australian punk band Who? that I really like. Called, new? Yeah, I think they're new. Called? Called Amel and the Sniffers. <gasps> I love them. They're She's great. She's so cool. She's so cool. I so saw her cool. at Coachella. Oh my God. I, I was like, these I guys fucking them, rock. Fucking rock. They fucking rock. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yes. Shout out Amel and the Sniffers. We we like you guys yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I want to see them next time that they're I think they were at 
She's so cool. She's got the craziest stage presence. Yeah, she just just like walk. She's just like walking around like fuck it and like love definitely there to rock. She looks cool. She does look very very cool. She has like a good like the blonde. She's like a great voice. Oh yeah, everything. I like it. Do you so from punk and cellicism? Cellicism. Do you incorporate any of those sounds into what you do now? Hundred percent. There's a lot of strings in my songs, and it's usually me on cello and. When I turn, like when I talk about punk, like it's kind of just I don't like to like if my vocal there's like a, some weird sound in it. I like to keep it in there. I mean, I don't know how punk that is, but I mean, I think just being yourself these days is is very punk. I guess so. Yeah. Do you still go to punk shows? And, I like, used bang to. Your head and... I used to um, until like maybe five years ago, and now I just sit at home and work on music. When you I'm go really when you go out places, like you go to music shows and yeah. stuff, do a lot? Do people come up to you and mm-hmm. like, holy shit, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. How, in the, how in the is street that as well. Um, it's fine. Like everyone, I actually tweeted on my side account today. Just like everyone I've met, usually like really, really fucking cool. That's nice and creative and great. And um, but that, I remember when I was living in New Zealand last year for a little bit. Uh, I was <laughs> walking down the street with like literally, I can't explain. Like the most unshowered hair up in a pony. Mm-hmm. I'd been working on the album type thing mm-hmm. and I was walking to get cheese because I wanted to make myself a cheese platter. Oh, yeah. And this girl was walking down the street in Wellington in New Zealand. And I, I looked up and she was crying and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I didn't, it didn't, again, like my perception of me is I always forget that people You're might. a public person, yeah. I, I don't think about it. Right. And um, actually it happened to me the other day. Someone came up and they're like, Allison? I was like, yeah. And they went to hug me and I was like, do it. And then I realized that people know you. Yeah, but I even didn't. If you don't know it, that. It, like, and I flinched and I felt so bad because I just come out of acupuncture. So I was like, oh, uh, sure, um, sure. And then, uh, but yeah, it, it, she was crying and I was like, are you just like, being a good civilian? I was just like, are you okay? Like, do you need. Oh, you thought she was just like a yeah. girl in distress and then she just randomly. Was like, Your song church like changed my life and like started crying. I'm like, oh my God, no, you need a hug. And so we had like a really good hug. It's nice. And then actually at Red Rocks, I was freaking out because um, the truck broke down carrying my stage oh, and was no. only up an hour before the show. Yeah, it's, it's, it was yeah. like a fucking disaster. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing sound check when doors were opening. And so I was singing and, and checking my vocals. And there was a girl working at Red Rocks and, and I, I, I didn't know where to go. So I just walked up to her and then turned out she knew the song and we had like a big hug and it made me feel better. So. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice everywhere you go. You had you run into these like moments yeah i i'm really uh it's really nice i don't go out that i i myself sometimes have a little bit of anxiety going out and okay. going to parties so i'd like to are you not are you not a party person i not really and i when i did in the past it was you know i would be in the corner or okay. i just feel better behind the decks or alone in my room <laughs> what, what is it about the party environment that gives you anxiety i just don't think i'm naturally off stage. Uh, unless it's like one on one, and like I feel a connection with someone, sure, yeah. I don't really f- feel extroverted. Do you ever? Do you ever feel as though you have some type of like public persona that that you're pressured to like live up never. to? Never. Okay, good. I never do. Like what you read on my Twitter is a hundred percent word vomit from my head to my mouth. Yeah. I mean, from my head to my fingers, and uh, you know, I'm very much like my songs are very much my words my lyrics mm-hmm. real experiences 
there's really nothing about me that's not me. It's more just like I get overwhelmed when there's like a lot of things going on and okay. I'm not like, I don't know. You, you, do you feel like overstimulated sometimes? Mm-hmm. Very much. That's interesting because I feel like the, the, the universe that you live in of like electronic music is all about stimulation. Yeah, but when you're like hyper focused and you're in your zone, it's not that. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. When I'm taken out of it, like even walking in a shopping mall or whatever, um, if it's like too loud or too many people or there's too many lights, like I'm like, ah, and um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just kind of, I think a lot of people are like that and they just don't talk about it. What do you, what do you do all the time? Do you like read books? Do you go um, on the internet? I stay. It's actually a joke when the pandemic happened. My parents joked that I was in heaven yeah. because I was alone in a room all the time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always alone in a room. You know, I tour, I'm a solo artist. So it's, it's just um, kind of my comfort zone, my comfort thing is being in like a small space in my head there's (laughs) there's, uh you know this interesting beautiful contrast of like one moment you're in front of what like ten thousand people at at a show like red rocks or something and then you know there's all the stimulus there's everyone and everything all Mm -hmm. the time and then you afterwards sit in a little room yeah i actually can't really be around people afterwards it's really hard because i'm i'm so giving every single ounce of myself outward right. when I'm playing and I love it. It's actually my fa- it's the most I feel myself is when I'm doing that. So either that or just like sitting in my studio. It's like the most I feel myself ever. What do you, what do you do after a show? How do you decompress? I'm just like alone. Yeah. I'm alone and like yeah, my crew kind of jokes like I'm very easy. She just sits alone. <laughs> I don't really do anything. Yeah. Um occasionally like I'll go to a party but um, I can't really remember the last time I just went to a party. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if I want to see like one of my friends playing, like I love going to live music. That's always fine. Like, mm-hmm. and I actually like that I can wear a mask now and just kind of just kind chill. of vibe. Yeah. Um, but I love watching live music and, and going to vis- see my friends play. And and you know I, that's obviously what I'm passionate about. But um, if I was just at like a normal party, I'd just want to be behind the decks. Do you, do you, do you, you don't like, do you like to schmooze at all? No, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And it's been a huge, this is like my number one anxiety is I never am around backstage. People think I'm cold, but I just have anxiety. Like I mm-hmm. sit in my trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a terrible networker. Um, I find it really difficult to DM people or approach sure. people. Yeah. I always have. I always like felt from my gut that if someone fucked with me, they would just like organically fuck with me. Sure. And I find it like really hard to put myself out there like that and try and sell myself. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's really doesn't seem genuine. And I, I really can't operate when something's not genuine. It's really difficult. And I have a terrible poker face. It's a joke as well. You can tell when I'm not in a when I'm like not fucking with someone. Mm-hmm. And it's not I'm never mean. I just like I can't look them in the eyes. I can't like. Well, it's an interesting thing you brought up of like you, you know, you saying that people think that you are cold sometimes, even though it's just anxiety. There's I just like, get nervous. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of I think like when people, you know, act a certain around way. a lot. Of, it's usually actually around artists when I'm meeting like no, like normal people, but like people that aren't in in the industry. It's 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 just like the backstage energy or the energy of people doing schmoozing for me. I, my my intuition, my body can sense when things are not genuine. And look, there are so many amazing genuine people in the industry. So I'm not saying this is like a... Sure, yeah. But 
even just feeling that one time for me is like enough for me to leave the room i can't be around it it's really difficult and i get really like gross like not gross out i just like energy wise i can't be around it i don't know how to are explain you it. are you do you feel like you're good at reading people's very. intentions and energy yeah and whatnot very interesting yeah yeah interesting it's like really easy for me and i think that also just comes from life experience i'm like my intuition's always been strong but like following it now and really listening to it i'm really good at have you ever had been in a situation or had a time where you your intuition was wrong no never no never i mean uh it's funny i've ignored my intuition and then i've been right okay you know or or like the thing where you say you make up a new narrative sure to like convince yourself otherwise when you're dedicated to something sure sure so yeah like my intuition's always been right and i should have fucking listened to it earlier (laughs) but you know whatever you learn you live and you learn I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I try to I try to follow my intuition sometimes, but I'm curious. I'm I I'm always checking my intuition because I, I, I can never know everything. I mean, we don't know everything, that's why we try and ignore it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But your gut your gut's very strong. We feel we feel vi- vibes. Really you never like think about your gut intuition and you're like ah oh, maybe i'm fucking wrong all the time like now not so much but yeah like when i would change like if someone doesn't feel right to me i don't really i'm like mm, nah, no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um you know back in the day be like oh but i can fix that person or like maybe i'm wrong because there's this part of them and it's more like a wide-eyed doe-eyed approach to versus your intuition and now yeah. i'm just kind of like mm, nah well, I feel like if you've had a lot of experience, I've met so many people, that, you know, you know like so many people. I've met every single different type of person you can imagine. Like touring that much, like most years, um, I was like seeing my bed once, one month a year. You know, do you do you like people? Um, <laughs> I'm very like, I, I'm a very one-on-one person. Okay. And when I think someone's, when I, when I get a really good like vibe with someone, I love them. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, and I love the idea of people and what they can be, but I get a little disappointed when I see what some people are capable of. Have you, have you had a lot of people like disappoint you in your life? Um, I've had major disappointments from a few people, okay. like really big ones. And the ones that you look every day, someone's going to disappoint you, but I brush them off. Mm-hmm. I move on. I don't hold that grudge. Like I said earlier, like I'm, I just take the L and go, okay, well, you know, n- now I know not to waste energy on that person or whatever. Sure, yeah. But yes, I've had some big L's from like, like a, f- a few th- instances in my life. And I, yeah really got majorly in the pit because of it has it has it like permanently affected your your perceptions of people these these l's that you're talking oh yeah it made me better like it made me a better person actually in what in what way like i'm not bitter at at any of it it actually made again like taught me gratitude for like other perspectives of other things that turned out from those situations Mm -hmm. because in hindsight i was like oh fuck i'm so fucking glad that happened then because now this and that led to that to that to that and without that that would have been here and so i try and think of it like that and um you know i i believe in karma and i have to just like let it go because i don't want to stress you're you're following the uh timeline and you're like well everything that has happened to me very donnie darkoing Sure. Fuck, I've seen, <laughs> fuck, I watched that movie a while ago. I'm trying to remember. I, I, just just remember like, I just remember the song from that. 
Which one? Echo and the Bunny Man? I find it kind of uh, funny. Oh, uh, Gary Jules' cover of Tears for Fears. Mad World. Mad World. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, what were we saying? I don't even know. <laughs> um, but that soundtrack's amazing. Echo and the Bunny Man, The Killing Moon. <laughs> do you think, from all the people that you've met in your personal experiences, do you believe, in general, that people are good, or at the very least, have good intentions? I do, and I have read this book called The Four Agreements, and one of the biggest takeaways I got from it was to never take anything personally in the way that people react towards you, because a lot of the time they're projecting. And so, again, like people, everyone has their own narrative going on, and I like to believe that at people's core, unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath and you you feel emotion, there is guilt that you feel and you have to live with. You might not show it to everyone, but, um, you know... I, I do believe that there's reasons behind everything and I, I'm pretty philosophical in the way that I see things, but uh, that doesn't like, that doesn't soften me. Like if, if someone I feel like is not going to positively affect my life, I don't really let them in. Mm, mm. And that was something I had to learn to do. Cause that's I would a, usually, it's a skill. It's a skill. It's, yeah. I mean, you're, I think you're talking about like just trying and it's a lot, it's a, there's a lot of, thematically what we're talking about ties into a lot of our calls you're just being intentional about your life you know intentional about the people you bring in intentional about the things yeah it's really important if someone constantly feels like they're draining you and like not bringing like you're not uplifting each other you just might not be right to be hanging with each other sure you know maybe someone that they meet is better for them and will uplift them and you know that's how I have to think of it would you like to take more phone calls? Hell yeah. Hello. Darb, is that you? Yes, it's me, Darb. You can call me Brad for short. Okay, how's it going, Brad? Because Darb. Bradford, sorry. Bradford. Oh, I'm a long it's an anagram. First time caller. What's going on, man? And, uh... Uh, nothing much. I just, you know, want to call in and talk about my grandson... Bubby, but before I get into that, I just wanted to say I really enjoy y'all show, and you know, God bless Allison, and God bless you too, Lyle. Thanks, man. You guys are doing a really good job, and you know, God bless Kate Buckley and the Nightbot, and you know, Legion Kings and the Gorn Lord, and OG Batow, and God bless Macho Man, and Bret Hart, and Owen Wilson, and God bless Richard Christie, Sal, Howard Stern, and Robin, and God bless the Kansas City Chiefs, and God bless Jesus, Joseph, and Moses. Without them, we wouldn't have God. And, uh, you know, God bless Gigi Allen, you know, so Brad, so Brad, so Brad, so Brad, 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 Brad. Oh, he hung up. I feel like... God you know, bless Gigi Allen. I, you know, you know Gigi Allen, right? Of course I do. He like takes shits on take, stage and used stuff. To, he's and dead he, now. He's now people dead. take he's shits on his grave. He, and that's probably what he would have wanted. No, that's what he wanted. They do it. He loves... He probably loves it. You know what is, upsets me is I when people hang up on the bit. It's like, I don't... You can do a bit. I don't care. But if you're going to... Listen, if, you, if you're going to call in... And do a troll or a bit. I don't care, but don't hang up. I'll, let's talk. For God's sake, like, make it funny. I don't even care if it's funny or not. I just, just when they hang up, it's like we could have gotten into something. Nah, uh, yeah, but you know what? It was a nice uh, palate cleanser. 
It was, but I, I want like, who was that guy? What I have so many questions. I love how it was like Kansas City Chiefs, Gigi Allen. I feel like he said Taco Bell as well. He did say Taco Bell. I love that. Like, God bless Taco but, Bell. But well, he was so scared. It was, it was very. He, why was he? He was like scared. He thought that we were gonna get like mad at him. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. No, we we agree though. We I agree. Like, God bless Taco Bell. Why? I don't know why he like was. He thought he was gonna get in trouble if he didn't like hang up immediately. Like that's not that we can. We maybe you just hey, maybe you just need to get it out. Maybe you just need to do some blessings and hang up. Um, this is the most comfortable outfit. Yeah, it's nice, right? What if I rebranded and then I'm just like a gecko DJ? Be, please do it. Well, we need more uh, visibility. Geckos. Alizard Wonderland. Alizard Wonderland. That's the name of this episode. Wow. 10 out of 10. Thematically. Okay. Uh, Allison, to wrap up, mm-hmm. some themes that we've yes. experienced uh, over the course of... Um, no fear. Taking risks. No inner fear, happiness. Taking risks. The pit. Being prepared to fucking go through the pit. Yeah. yeah. It'll feel like forever. Everyone was kind of going through a pit. You know what? Life comes in waves. Order yeah. to disorder. And then you need disorder to get back into a different type of order. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. makes sense in the end. Allison, thank you very much for doing this stream with me, man. My pleasure. What is there anything you want to say to the folks? Well, tell us. I want to let you plug stuff, and I mean, then just any general. Nothing things. really to plug. Just um, if you haven't heard of me, I would love for you to check that out. I got new music dropping, but actually, I just announced that now. There's Allison me. Wonderland on YouTube, spelled no, with yeah. one L. A L I S O N. Wonderland. And I mean, anywhere. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, sometimes TikTok. I like looking at TikTok a lot. I like looking at TikTok. I'm too. like, I try and do content, but I, I like to show my shows on TikTok. I think that's fun. I don't really know. I just look, if you vibe with me, check it out. If not, totally cool as well. Allison, uh, <laughs> it has been an honor gecking with you. Please oh, check out Alice in Wonderland. On, that was uh, gecking awesome. Yeah, it was gecking awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited to see Al Lizard Wonderland whenever you do it. I love it. I and, mean, and uh, this was a pleasure, man. Thank you for it coming. It was so on. good. This is my dream to be a green thing. Have Bye, a good night, everyone. folks. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.